Morning Show with Ryan and Taylor. It is December 6th. We skipped a week. It's December 6th in Adelaide. Uh, purpose of the podcast here is to talk to my friend Ryan about what's going on and just uh, hanging out and have a conversation. How are you, Ryan? I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, good morning, Taylor. Uh, 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 how are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, um, we skipped last week because you were traveling somewhere. Where were you? Yeah, I went uh, sort of in 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 flouting the uh, CDC guidelines uh, in the U.S. Uh, and honestly, a lot of folks were doing uh, the same thing for the American Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, traveled to uh, back to Pittsburgh to visit my sister in a very closed, I would say even quasi-quarantined fashion, uh, Thanksgiving holiday where uh, we stayed in her apartment for approximately four days <laughs> and uh, didn't have okay. too much to do aside from drink and eat and I don't know, bond or whatever families do, but a lot of drinking, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of drinking and eating. And, uh, yeah, it was in her very small apartment. So yep. was uh, it just you or your whole family? It was just me and the, uh, well, uh, the immediate family. So just the nuclear, so four folks all together, right? Mom, dad, myself right. and my sister. And, uh, yeah, this was, I mean, you know, this is a novel Thanksgiving for a number of reasons, but uh, to spend it in, uh, I think the first time we spent it outside of New Jersey. So uh, the pressure was really off in many ways. Uh, not that our Thanksgivings are historically very large, but they are, uh, they are, they are flamboyant right and, and, okay. and we'll, we'll 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 invite so and so from new york or whoever's you know in town or maybe but uh and i think we've hosted a it's been intimate but it's been again flamboyant for a few years now and so for us to do just four folks uh yeah different stakes and uh different oven right different different ways of of, of approaching the meal and uh, uh, suffice to say though i think we've we have cleared out most of the leftovers by now although i think at this point if you do continue to eat the leftovers you're you're, you're bound to get worms right um so <laughs> that's uh yeah yeah we've we we did that and then we returned to new jersey sunday morning mm. Yeah, relatively without incident, although naturally folks are, are the, the authorities, uh, whether it's the White House Corona task, uh, Coronavirus Task Force or, or, or probably any uh, sensible-minded person would be like, well, if you went traveling, even if it was uh, driving, which is what we did to, um, to Pittsburgh, uh, you probably should assume that you have coronavirus and get tested ASAP and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. but I... Uh, yeah, oh, that, but that is what we did this past weekend, and hence why I missed the uh, our our usual our usual get together and uh, an update. But uh, yeah, sorry to miss that. How? Uh, sure, no yeah, problem. Yeah. This isn't an inquisition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, how did how did you spend or uh, the the yeah the previous weekend? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really do Thanksgiving. I'm not a person who understands what day it is. Like, I just, I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know. I know what month it is, but that's as granular as I can get. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to say that traveling and seeing other people's holidays has made me realize the importance of these markers that we use in the calendar year. And it has, but at the same time, I've, I'm always just like, 
I really don't know what day it is, and if something's not in the front of my face, I'm not really thinking about it. Uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh, Thanksgiving uh-huh. doesn't happen here, so I wasn't really thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So help me understand. You've you like just time in general doesn't have that much of a of a marker for you, and that's not not that's nope that's that's not because of the whole coronavirus shenanigans, but just like <laughs> no no like no right. if, if I if I, if I assume like, that this date is important, it's because. It's probably just been drilled into me, as opposed to you know, me consciously, proactively thinking like, "Oh yeah, no, this state is important for A, B, and C reasons." Okay. I am. Uh, I'm not proud of this. This isn't something I'm bragging about, but it's just like, I don't know when my mom's birthday is. I don't know when my brother's birthday is. I know my birthday because I'm constantly filling out forms with it, but <laughs> I really don't know when those days are or when they're coming up. We're thinking about planning ahead for holidays or birthdays or anniversaries or any of that and that's that's a fatal it's a flaw of mine it's a flaw of mine and i'll work on it when it becomes urgent but there's a lot of other more important stuff but that's exactly what the thing is is i don't view it as important and that's why people are often disappointed in me when i don't remember people's let's say birthdays or whatever right 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 i mean it's uh it's certainly one way to navigate and probably you know, navigate the world and you probably don't get to stress out i think because you know by it's it's sort of a double-edged sword right if you if you have all those yeah. dates then uh, you might feel compelled to do a thing right or, or make a gesture and then or always be doing things and then then what <laughs> yeah it's the worst <laughs> doing things is yeah. awful so uh yeah no 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 worries there but uh yeah that it it was a holiday it's usually the holiday that precedes another big holiday which is christmas yeah. or the or the uh, i guess the capital h holiday so christmas hanukkah kwanzaa winter solstice insert new year's eve yeah etc right so, yeah, yes it's just yeah a bunch of holidays yeah and and, and 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 it's different mm-hmm like in in australia obviously the seasons are flipped so every season every holiday is just like not the same vibe you know it's like it's not fall now it's it's almost summer so it doesn't feel like thanksgiving so yeah you're wearing a t-shirt i'm wearing a sweatshirt it's all arbitrary arbitrary. (laughs) topsy-turvy you're on the other side of the planet anyway so but that doesn't mean that it's not important it is important thanksgivings and holidays they are important yeah yeah. I'm I'm not trying to make excuses for myself. Right, right. But yeah, I really yeah, don't know yeah. what I don't know what's going on. <laughs> also, you know, speaking about Thanksgiving, I mean, right, like you know, we're we're not going to divulge too much into like a history lesson here, but like yeah, Thanksgiving is really just like yeah. a you know, con- you know, uh historically concocted crafted lie to really just yeah. uh whitewash the uh yeah, the sins of colonizers uh in yeah. in in the continental United States and and yeah, yeah. it's uh I mean, yeah, you get, you know, you've got all that, all those Black Friday deals and all those, uh, and all, you know, uh, a turkey, a roast turkey, but and all that kinship and things to be thankful for. But to what extent yeah. does it just gloss over or really paint a really shiny veneer over the genocide of the Native Americans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, uh, without being self-righteous sanctimonious about it yeah it's 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 not i'm not making a claim to that i'm not saying i'm doing Mm -hmm. a good thing by not knowing that it's thanksgiving Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh yeah yeah so um yeah i mean same thing with christmas it's like it's just like that's not when jesus was born even if you the historical jesus wasn't born then 
Like it was moved because of the the Constantine or whatever, right? Right, so it's like right, 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 right. All of these things that are sacred are only sacred because we believe them to be sacred, which is fine. But let's not pretend that the date, the date, the fourth uh, Thursday in in uh, November is important, right? It's just oh, yeah. like it's all made up, and that's fine. And we can celebrate things, and there are good things about Thanksgiving. Being thankful for things, like having a holiday that is about reflecting on the things you're thankful for. Good, good idea, good idea. That it is masked with uh, hand turkeys covering up uh, genocide is not, Ooh, not yeah. good, right? <laughs> hand turkeys, <laughs> How many oh, that, of us... that takes me back. How many of us have worn uh, Native American headdresses with little bits of cardboard around our heads in our public schools, like learning that that's what, you know, that's what, Native American culture was right. Like that's, yeah. that's what the Iroquois were doing. Like, oh man, it is nuts when you really think about it. Nuts, 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 nuts. <sighs> yeah. And and too many of us, by the way, have have donned those problematic yeah. costumes, done those projects. Uh, yep. Yeah. <sighs> Oof. Well, we didn't know. We didn't know. No, we no, children. we did. Yeah, we didn't know. I remember. I think being tasked to do some sort of project on maybe the Cherokee or the Iroquois or some, you know, yeah, that some uh, nation, right? Some some tribe, some you know, uh, some group populace within the Native Americans, and me just kind of like blindly going through the exercise, yet not really like understanding that like oh, like the Trail of Tears and like the very violent traumatic activity that is um you know that continues to plague those communities today um but if it meant getting a neat grade and to like look at various like ooh costumes not costumes of course like right like that like that's the uh, right costumes, costumes not the right word right right oh but um hey uh, i don't know if it, oh i don't know how much of a book person you are or um how uh, how much you delve into uh, quote unquote, or capital L literature, but a really neat book that I read maybe back two years, yeah, three, what, what, what is time? Anyway, uh, two or so years ago was this, um, book, a novel by Tommy Orange called There, There, and it's kind of looking at a snapshot of Native American life, but like urban, you know, Native Americans. So folks who have gr grown up in the city have been divorced or maybe have, um, a detached relationship to say the reservation and uh yeah and, and living there and of course it's it's like it's, there's a uh interesting dialogue or commentary strewn in about um gun violence and it's it's maybe it seems like a stretch but like when when it's thrown in it just it packs a wall up and it's uh does things do not end well i'm not going to spoil it too much but like you know but as as a sort of parallel allegory to the actual is it fiction or non-fiction it is fiction it is it is a work okay. of fiction um but yeah i thought it was uh super neat and i guess the first time i've I guess accessed native, uh, creative works or or literature, and uh, yeah, it was it was super neat. And I I think of what was it? We have this one mutual friend, uh, Vince, who, um, for better or worse, ha maybe reads too much of the same literature, and so I'm thinking of gifting this to him, 
not by virtue of of being like dogmatic about it or didactic right it's like okay yeah read a read a book who who's has a uh, from an author who clearly doesn't have the same background as all these white old horny men but um wouldn't it be nice if you read a book that wasn't <laughs> An author whose identity was a yeah. uh, old white horny man, but uh, also native stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is so complicated because it opens up so many, so many avenues of conversation. Like, what does? Okay, I was walking down the street yesterday in yeah. Australia, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, As you mm-hmm. do, and uh, the Aboriginal community here is definitely a different story than the Native American community. Uh, but it is a parallel story of colonization and genocide. Yeah, there's, and there's, it's an indigenous peoples. group, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, an indigenous group, uh, and there was an indigenous group of people that looked like they were, you know, maybe homeless. They were just like sitting on the street. That's, you know, they were. I may be interpreting, but <laughs> because they're just uh, sitting there, right? So I don't want to assume that they're like homeless or jobless or I don't want to assume anything but it looked like they're living in the park cool fine but then I'm walking by and there's an indigenous art gallery and there's two white people running inside I don't know if they're running it I, maybe it's owned by an, right like maybe maybe but it's like the the commodification of indigenous cultures and it is so clear like they're, they're, it's right next to each other and it's right, like how right. did we not right. how did nobody else does anybody see this as a big giant obvious problem yeah and it's not something that i can solve as an individual and as like a double outsider here but i don't know man i don't know every time i walk down the street it's like all the problems are just right in the in the public eye and how are there even people on the other side of these arguments right and and what sort of mental gymnastics do you have to do to actually just sort of yeah you know not not pay attention or not understand how how blatantly yeah. obvious, I think, to your point. Um, and I mean, you were you were just walking down the street in Australia. I think it, you know I had forgotten to mention that the setting of this book happens in Oakland, California, which I <laughs> right has its yep. o- has its own issues. Um, yep. And and yeah, is is like historically disenfranchised for so many reasons, and so maybe it, um, I yeah I am always. Uh, gosh perplexed or kind of stumped i think by the idea that like okay you have folks that are the the marginalized the oppressed uh underrepresented and the the privileged and the folks who you know have the most potential for advocacy can coexist and yet somehow not really understand and 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 they live parallel but there's just no way of really um sort of gelling right or rather that there's there's just no understanding of 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 one and i and i of course there's always the um the impetus needs to be on uh the group that has the ability to access information that has the um ability to advocate and and to see that uh maybe not allyship or advocacy or rather, like that, but then it can be so easily weaponized or misinterpreted or um, manipulated in a way that doesn't actually do right. I mean, you know, it, it's the, it's a sort of the yeah. performative, right? Like I, I would like to see, like, okay, how can you have an indigenous art space that maybe is dedicated to lifting, empowering the voices of those who don't necessarily have a voice, and yet not actually have it be staffed? 
And I know, I mean, again, you're, you know, this is, I'm just going off your story over here, but like, I, right, sure. Yeah. Ugh, what the, uh, this is like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what, it's like asking for a diversity, equity, and inclusion group, focus group, and not actually having people of color on there, right? They're just yeah. like, how, how clueless can you possibly get? So I'm, I'm probably not making any sense with this. I think you're rambling, but I will pick up the slack. Okay. Okay. Uh, this okay, is, yeah, okay so this 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 parallels a story. I just I had a conversation with my dad who wanted me to listen to a podcast by Megyn Kelly, the Fox News anchor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that her job still? I don't know. No, okay. no. Uh, she left Fox News and then tried to have her own show uh, right. on NBC. I think it. Yeah, and uh, that did not do well because she was still yeah. Megyn Kelly, but also right. the transition from, like, you know, hard-boiled Fox News anchor to something that required, um, I don't know, You she was probably screwed either way, right? Because there's a sort of soft, yeah. I think, softer approach, with, I think, to daytime television and, and topics. and um, But the transition for, for yeah, for... It just didn't work out. So, but Megan Kelly, yes, Megan Kelly is, is still out there. Yes. yes. Okay. So, uh, he gave me this podcast to listen to. We're talking about um, race relations in the U.S. Uh, Megan Kelly had on Doctor Doctor Steele is his name. He's an African American professor. Uh, he he came out with a, a movie called What Killed Michael Brown. All um, <laughs> I'm trying to say it. I'm trying to say it well, but there's no real good way to say it. He believes that it is uh, the left that killed Michael Brown, you know, in this poetic sort of way. That Mm -hmm. affirmative action, that uh, public housing, that policies in the 60s and 70s that were progressive are the things that led America to where we are today. Which is true in the vaguest sense, but that his big complaint about race relations in the U.S. is that the government is doing too much, right? This is... The classic conservative argument that the government is a bad thing and that any sort of organized help from the government is going to cause more damage than it is going to help. And there are interesting parallels where he's using language that I would call like no white saviors, where he's saying in the 60s you had the government trying to uh, solve these problems, but they weren't trying to help black people. They were trying to help white people not feel bad, Mm. which I think is great and like something I totally agree with. Um, but he's obviously advocating for the rescinding of affirmative action policies, both within the government and in the public space. And it was framed around this movie about Michael Brown, where he's trying to, he actually did talk about the movie. It was about promoting this movie that was like not approved by Amazon on their web streaming service. So Mm -hmm. then he complained to the Wall Street Journal and then the Wall Street Journal used their pressure to like get Amazon to show it. There's so many, he's obviously being censored by a private corporation that can do whatever they want because Mm -hmm. that's what you would want if you're a conservative. You would like, there's all these mental gymnastics you have to get back to, to sort of equal out the idea that the individual is the sole responsible party in the determination of life Mm -hmm. and that the government shouldn't be having these policies i forgot how we got here but it was just a it was a bizarre it was an interesting look into conservative thought uh i totally disagree with this guy not 
<laughs> while stepping on the eggshells of disagreeing with the experiences of a black person's experience of being black. Like, he totally gets to say whatever he wants. He can, I guess he can say, right? Yeah, and I think everyone's entitled to an opinion about affirmative action, whether, you know, and, and, sure. and, yeah. and yeah, right? Because it, it, it affects everyone, right? Whether whether yeah. you're, you know, and, and, and I think there is an argument to be made that, you know, both uh yeah both the underrepresented and the majority can be agreed in that sense in the sense that yeah you know what to what extent is it actually just putting is it just fixing the image or 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 putting a or yeah removing the image of say white supremacist capitalist patriarchy rather than actually fixing right all of that and uh i remember getting into an a spirited uh argument but it was very, it was like over like coffee and dessert. So it was like kind of pleasant uh, at, um, at somebody's, yeah, with somebody of an older gentleman who felt pretty miffed at how uh, affirmative action didn't actually, uh, it, it uh, a, a, an older white cisgendered gay gentleman who uh, found that affirmative action really squandered the potential of folks who were able to benefit from it right because what do you it, mean? it um for folks who were able to get into say a school by virtue of their background and he would be he was upset that those individuals did not nearly uh reach their fullest potential whereas he had to work twice as hard to expi- yeah. right to to even you know right kind of get get to the door this is the argument that's right? the like, right that's the argument right is that yeah folks are being given this opportunity work is and good or self-improvement mm-hmm. is good and it's hard to to not argue with that he uh right the dr Steele here uses the term underdevelopment as mm-hmm. 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 as what we would call uh the effects of racism and slavery right right <laughs> underdevelopment yeah no yeah, yeah. i think my 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 counter argument there would be well Sure, maybe you accept them, but did you offer them any additional resources and help and like in a way that is a more equitable approach to whatever perk or whatever, you know, resource you were giving. So it's not that you just like ex- accepted them to say the institution, but like did you give them the ability to like access office hours or did you pay for their books or to like, you know, because maybe the way that you see is like squandering that opportunity really just wasn't enough help. It was just it was just enough to get them to the door, right? And that because, again, folks historically being disenfranchised and not having the the resources that they may have historically had are now getting to this point where they are at a, um, at a point to, to excel. Are you still giving them wraparound support so that folks don't just, you know, yeah, that, that there's attrition or folks don't, you know, yeah, don't actually complete that level of success that you want them to, right? You know, I mean, otherwise the experiment is is rigged before it even starts, right? Um, sure, I think your, I think Doctor Steele's response to that would be like you're you're thinking you're solving too much salt with more salt. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, then you just, uh, yeah, it, it's just uh, if you give a mouse a cookie, yeah, then, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but here's the, I, I mean, I was listening to this podcast and I'm doing it, you know, not as a favor, but in a way to like reach out to my family who I feel like I have lost to the conservative right. mind bend, like, yeah, the the conservative media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a quote here that I think is like, 
great, and I am astonished that they let it through the podcast editing process because it doesn't make sense. It says, okay, this is Dr. Steele speaking. Uh, he's he's older. He was from the 60s or whatever. So he says, in the area in the era of actual segregation, there was no black underclass. We were all poor. We were discriminated discrimin, discriminated against day in and day out, and yet we were still the agents of our fate. Isn't that hard to think about? Isn't that hard to justify? And he would go on to give the example of, like, his family and the other black families in his community would buy, like, really cheap, poor houses instead of getting public housing, and that was better for some reason? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was better? I don't. But I isn't see. isn't public housing an option? Isn't that also like a way to to get out of this weird rat trap that he's created? It's like I don't think the U.S. government rounded up people and put them in houses. I think mm-hmm. they said, "Here's a house. Please apply." Right. Right. I don't know. I guess I'm not into the public housing policy, but I don't think it was like a forced anything. I don't think <laughs> affirmative action isn't forced upon you. No. Uh, no. That, you have it, to do how- extra little. You know, you have to fill out a form, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, higher education isn't forced on you, right? And I think that's... Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, this sounds like this is just like... Uh, this is cultural phenomenon, right? Like, if I'm a boomer and I've been somehow, like, yeah, told that, like, no, it is it is about, you know, bootstraps or it, it is about not accepting right. any handouts whatsoever, yeah. no matter what their utility or yeah ultimate like i mean or whether you're here's the thing is that yeah no matter what their purpose or their um their shelf life is right it's just a matter of like you know hey i that dignity was this very hard and stable static thing then sure yeah i could get that i can understand that and i i mean i i I feel it in my I feel it with my folks and actually yeah. um uh my dad would probably recommend a very similar podcast right and understanding yeah. the conservative yeah. mindset so um I think can you can you both under can you both acknowledge that like that is a way to navigate life is that is the way that um uh that was a moral high ground back then in addition to like well I mean how far low or like yeah how far out do you have to be to actually accept right and just like take the l and um and also i mean yeah build enough stability right for you to eventually right move out of those of those points where you can invest in education or employment or all those things that we usually historically traditionally see as like socially mobile right is that okay if you can get a job or if you can get education then you can get a job and if you can get a job then you can somehow like move within that job and like you know capitalism 101 right right yeah right yeah and that's the i mean this i said like to my dad i mean i mean i was having a conversation just sort of taking notes while i was listening to this podcast like the the real fundamental right versus left argument is this idea of working hard for of earning your keep right but what that is and the historical context of that keep and what working hard means is all i think it's all those are all variables but i think it's all a lie it is all propaganda to get you to make money for your boss or to get you to make money to to keep you scared so that you work hard so that you have health insurance right like it's it's all propaganda 
Yep. No. Yeah. Your uh, your life. Uh, we'll keep moving the target, right? But like, your life inherently yeah. has worth to the extent that you're also able to make uh an institution or another person, you know, create, you know, and you create wealth that way, and just it's it's. <sighs> It's trickle-down economics, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Ugh, we really just, just, just... Gush up, trickle down. Yep. Here's the thing, right? Because government or any other, you know, maybe large governing institution in our lives doesn't provide that, right, for folks, then we have all these other folks kind of picking up the slack. It's my issue with the nonprofit industrial complex, philanthropy, whether it's corporate, private, personal, individual, community, or otherwise. Like, because we have, uh, because the government is unable to provide these things and to give folks a um, a helping hand or to the extent that they're uh, not stable, right? It's it's tenuous um, or um what's the word contentious then mm-hmm. yeah that is where you have other institutions step in what may you know may, yeah nonprofits or the faith community or other communities yeah. or like and then um yeah those are the real helping hands which are also tenuous and then it it also kind of like it 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 blooms that problem right because then now everybody is dependent on something it just happens yep. to be outsourced in so many different ways and um yeah and they become businesses and they become entities where they're sucking up resources or rather it's it's i think about the church like from the role of the right like the church is the thing that helps that helps people mm-hmm. you know so so then so you defund all these government programs that are meant to feed people and house people and then the christian church primarily because the most i mean it is the most powerful religious organization at least in america uh and then there's many divisions of what the church is but my right-leaning grandparents would always be like well people can get help from the church but the problem with that is you're like, now you're forcing religion onto people who need help, right? Isn't that evil? And if you believe that Jesus is Christ and is real, wouldn't you want that to be an option? Don't you want the affirmative action <laughs> to go the other way now where like people have to choose because they believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, not because they're going to starve if they don't believe that, right? Like, isn't that holding the gun to everybody's head about what they believe is like, <laughs> the only way to get help is to go to the church? And isn't that sh- crazy? Yeah, and it, well, and it shouldn't have to come from a church, right? Or rather, like, yeah. or, and it, sh- it shouldn't be a church's responsibility, right? Wouldn't be, wouldn't real freedom be everybody having the option to pick their religion and everybody having some base set of needs met? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that'd be great, right? Then you know, then right. then then we could you know maybe you know perhaps move toward a pure religion, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm actually getting like some spiritual needs met, as opposed to yeah. uh, my like food or housing or my employment, right? Yep. But yep. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate because I think yeah, churches are such great institutions of like community building um 
but they've also had to, for better or worse, like kind of act you know, take on these additional responsibilities, right? They're, you know, they're uh, spots for education, they're ways of uh, cultivating like service and like, and for some, like the church is the cornerstone of that. And that's how they learn how they, um, yeah, sort of, you know, act or write or function in a community. Uh, but it shouldn't have to be that way. It could just be like, oh, it's a place where, you know, I bend my knees and or my, I fold my hands together or I sing some, sing some hints. So, yeah, the yeah, I mean, I would want the church. I mean, first of all, <laughs> first of all, tax religious organizations. First of all, <sighs> don't even get me started on that. <sighs> um, but if they're going to operate without paying any taxes, I mean, you have like a 33% more money flowing through that organization. I don't know. I love, I loved my experience with my church, it felt very lax and chill. Uh, I know that I was being indoctrinated into religious beliefs, but for whatever reason, they didn't catch. I don't know. I always thought it was like a silly puppet show that adults <laughs> were giving to themselves. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to go watch Pokemon later, and that's just as real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have no no problem with the church. It's just that the, the, the function of the conservative ideology of the church mm -hmm. and where that fits into the role of society is mm -hmm. one that I think forces religion onto people in a way that if you actually believed mm -hmm. in the teachings of the church, you would also find abhorrent. And you would want the church to uh, be able to market itself without uh, applying the necessities of life to its marketing scheme. Right. Tell me about Mark Zuckerberg. All right, I'll tell you about Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I read this book, Zucked. Mm -hmm. Zucked is uh, maybe the book that sort of got everybody on board with like, oh yeah, Facebook is a, is a bad organization. Uh, and it's, it's a story of an early investor, Roger McNamee, McNamee, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, who I guess he's kind of a whistleblower and that he sort of turned around and started writing to Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, basically the two people that run Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook, a business whose sole valuation is based on mass surveillance of people. <laughs> and like, that's what it is if, if it was... It, <laughs> I mean, Facebook is the Chinese government to America. And probably American government is the Chinese government to America, too. But we don't know that as much, except for the Snowden thing. So we do know that. So yeah. what kind of... Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to, back to Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's just a book, like, confirming everything that we already know. Like, Facebook is a bad organization that needs some regulation to... The, to the whole tech industry needs some re regulation to be reined in because it is a uber powerful organization that swings elections and gets people killed and like uh there's facebook like is the infrastructure for a lot of countries like sri lanka and malaysia like people don't write websites they use facebook to be their business and mm -hmm, their mm -hmm. personal and that like the interface yeah. to the web is one stop facebook. shop yeah um, and that can be dangerous when one company controls all of that uh, and isn't taking responsibility for the things that people post on there, which can lead to the deaths of people. I'm thinking specifically of this um, occurrence in Sri Lanka in which, um, well, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but radical Buddhists were killing Muslims. 
uh, road. <laughs> Isn't this crazy that I like? I can't. There's so much. There's so much information in the world. I'm right. thinking about this specific religion. I can write it out. Rohingya. Yeah, Rohingya. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Um, and these are the same folks who are um, being, uh, yeah, saddled off to to camps in uh, in China. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and what responsibility does does Facebook have in all that? And Facebook's position is always, we're not a media company. We don't. We're not publishing this. We're allowing people to do whatever we want but i don't think that that's really an excuse certainly not anymore mm -hmm. um and they are a media company because they are curating what shows up on uh people's feeds and once you do that you are a media company you mm -hmm. are nvc or fox or whatever mm -hmm. you're just mm -hmm. picking what shows up in front of people um yeah and so it's just like a criticism of facebook and like asking people to to uh you know government intervention uh, which I think he describes himself as a capitalist and he's like, you know, normally I'm a capitalist and I would say that government intervention is wrong. Uh, and he, you know, comes up in from the 1980s, the Thatcherian, the Reaganomics school, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Chicago mm -hmm. style uh, school of economics. But he's saying like, yeah, it doesn't work. He's saying the things that we all, we all being millennials think now is like, oh, you can't just let companies do everything. They will turn into monopolies and monopolies are bad. And under some schools of thought, monopolies aren't bad as long as they provide a low cost to the end consumer. Mm -hmm. um, but when the end consumer is the product and the cost is human lives, like <laughs> depends on where you're measuring yeah. from. Yeah. But uh, you, where, where do you draw the line? Right. Like that's, yeah, that's, exactly. that's the, right. That's the question. And, uh, uh, yeah, surveillance, and that's, I am, do you think, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the answer is that, that, you know, yes, these technology companies have a tremendous responsibility to um, protect the people that it supposedly serves, as much as it's mining those people's information, right, for, for various things. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I guess to what extent are consumers informed enough to know that like this isn't this isn't something that they should uh yeah they, this is something that they shouldn't patronize anymore right like you know and it's it's becoming sort of on vogue to like yeah i think i'm just shifting out of facebook right social media is toxic right in more yeah. ways than anyway so and besides it's more of a vehicle for your mom to just post about things which right it's also yeah. lost its relative cool which i think is also what gave it a lot of yes. momentum but maybe I'm just looking at this from an American point of view and that still internationally, uh, it serves as the cornerstone of ways that people communicate or, and, and operate sort of socially and economically. Um, yeah, I think you're uh, he gives like advice at the end of the book and I'll mm -hmm. just rattle them off like as what the things the individual can do. But I mm -hmm. fundamentally don't think you can't get two billion people to behave any one right. way. Like you just won't get enough momentum to get people to sign off Facebook. People like Facebook. It works really good for what it is right. for your, from your perspective. But, and, and we're not talking about the elephant in the room, which is the Cambridge Analytica uh, mm. scandal, which is, you know, um, a, a Russian professor in Cambridge wanted to do a bunch of election. He wanted to gather a bunch of data from Facebook and from public election uh, data and mix those and match those and do interesting stuff with them. Cambridge said, nah, we're not going to fund that. I don't know why. 
probably unethical. Uh, so then, but this other this other company, SLC, uh, which is run by a guy named Nix and Robert Mercer. The Mercer family is a big investor in this company. SLC is a company that like explicitly manipulates elections, like explicitly is an election management company. Um, and they spun off a new company called Cambridge Analytica, which was headed by Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, of course, would go on to be Trump's first year. I don't know. Uh, he was he was the presidential campaign advisor, but then he be, he went into the cabinet as something too. And yeah, like a fired. like a senior advisor of of I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, something. Um, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really complicated and it's so hard to have a normal conversation about this stuff because it is like, it's not maybe bleeding edge tech, but it is so modern and so new that like, mm. this isn't how elections were rigged uh, 10 years ago <laughs> uh, in a similar way. But, you know, um, yeah, and basically uh, Cambridge Analytica gathered data on the w way people voted in the 2014 election, used Ted Cruz's campaign in 2015 uh, to, <laughs> to then position themselves at the end of the 20 in 2016 in Trump's election mm -hmm. as Trump's campaign advisor to manipulate people to say, to distribute false news, which they found worked really well with people who were already supporting Trump. Turns out they tend to believe things that aren't real right. and manipulated Clinton voters, potential Clinton voters to not vote, to get them to think that it didn't really matter if they voted or not. Clinton had it in the back. Right. And it's. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like, mm -hmm. it's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and what role does Facebook have in that? They don't care. Uh, they just want to make money. Um, they'll sell anything to anybody. And uh, in 2018, Vice did a really fun experiment where they put political ads for all of the congress congressional uh, people running for Congress. And ISIS <laughs> and Facebook approved them all. And uh, yeah, it's just like, it seems like you can just do whatever you want. You can control information for a really cheap price compared to um, mm -hmm. traditional media. Uh, and that's Facebook. Yep. 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 Good old tech barons. Yep. Trying and to not that there aren't ties to the Obama and Clinton administration, too. There are, mm -hmm. totally. Uh, but they didn't win. Yeah. I mean, Obama did, but. but... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I... And the spread of disinformation, that, that's the real that's the real problem and that's the problem we're facing now. Right. And it's only going to get more toxic, right? The the more reliant yeah. that we are. I mean, yeah, I think it I don't know how fatalistic it is to to say, but like yeah, to what extent can you can't untether 2 billion people from this massive global social network. Uh no, but you can you can make it illegal for your business to be surveillance. You mm -hmm. can make it illegal for your business to be about controlling mm -hmm. uh, all information about people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why it has to end up being government intervention. And I think people on the right, like, I think some people on the right understand that. And that's what it needs to be. Right. Some people. Some people. It was such a cultural thing in the U.S. that like government is the problem, and the free market is the solution. That it is like that is a major hurdle people have to get over, and that's a major cultural thing. That that yeah yeah you just how do you to... how do you change people's mind on that? Because mm -hmm. if you use it government to do that, it's gonna it's not gonna look good. It's not. Oh gosh, I mean, uh, from so many angles for it to to yeah. control that. I mean, yeah. Um, 
and what do you make of folks trying to engage on other social networks to spew that type of uh, rogue or uh, disinformation out there that often seeks to threat to threaten uh, sites like Facebook or is it it's just it's too fringe right now it's um at the end you know Facebook is is really just too large and too influential that uh, creating all of these like weird subsects of um, I like I'm thinking of parlor is it or is it parlay right that's I don't know uh but essentially right you mean like competitors to Facebook sure you mean? sure I don't think there really are any like Google tried and Google is the only I mean Google is the other company that collects information on such a mass scale and mm-hmm, Google mm-hmm. couldn't do it so I mean Twitter is kind of a competing thing and they're still relatively like they're not owned by one of the big four mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Snapchat is the other real underdog in terms of social media, right? But and TikTok yeah. now, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah. TikTok, and, but is... none of them like I don't like. They're all they're all bad because they all also are working on addiction principles. Like they are mm-hmm. designed to be addictive to get people to stay on their platform. And that's the other part of the book is like, hey, this is a threat to public health. Like people are losing their minds to getting addicted to these things, and it's yeah. It's a big problem, public health problem too. Oh yeah, no, I mean, forget smoking, right? Forget vaping. It's it's this. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, and 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 also the long term effects of it we haven't really yet seen, right? I mean, maybe you know, yeah. I think you know, I remember growing up and mom saying like, oh, don't you know, like don't watch TV too much, you'll like you'll kill your eyes. But now we're actually seeing that like you know, blue light is like actually killing yeah. your eyes. And to what extent is uh, not just the uh, extended exposure to the screens but also yeah the uh, uh mental and physical effects of emotional effects of, of uh yeah maybe seeing an upheaval on social media every day or for you know prolonged amount of time yeah, yeah going to do to you um and the fact that we'll need an app just to you know decompress or to uh yeah. yeah, yeah. I get all these ads for uh, Headspace and Insight Timer yes. and Calm. All these meditation apps are like the mm-hmm. new thing. The thing to combat apps is apps. It's crazy. Whatever. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I don't. I hate to be fatalistic about it, but it's like, oh, I, I don't know if there's anything I can do anymore. Right. Except, okay, uh, I wrote down a list of things that an individual can do. <laughs> uh, I'll just read them aloud because, like, I don't know, good information. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of using, like, your search engine, use DuckDuckGo. They're a search engine. Honestly, they're not as good as Google. They're going to get you more wrong answers than Google will, but they're not tracking you. Um, Ghostery is a plugin that, uh, yeah, obscures your traffic. Use a password manager. Um, here's an interesting one that like I first heard of on Joe Rogan podcast. I used to I used to listen to Joe Rogan. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Look, uh, man. Do you see like the the eyebrow just like? Bloop. Yep. Well, uh, I mean, to defend a comedian five years ago doing this podcast thing with interesting other comedians, like that's what I was in it for. You mm-hmm. know, I was obviously he's gone off the rails. I think he's up his own ass and. Uh, it entertains far too much of uh, conspiracy theories and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. extreme right-wing white nationalists. Uh, but 
the trick here is to use monochrome on your on your uh, phone, mm-hmm. and that it's like not not making you feel as happy and uh, not making you feel as happy. Yeah, it not doesn't dosing ne- your brain with dopamine as much. Yeah, yeah the stimuli by, 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 by virtue of right. of reducing the uh, saturation and 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 the color on your phone. Yeah, yeah. My sister has exactly. tried that. Uh, in addition to just uh, putting timed or I think just uh, hiding uh, her social media apps. And I think that works to yep. an extent, except when there's a part of your job, which and I don't know to what extent there's a part of you know your work that really relies on social media to get brand and, and momentum and stuff across. I don't know. But yeah, go on, c- continue, continue your list uh gmail so obviously gmail reads all your email and they know about that's like a major gmail google maps uh open source alternatives are like we use uh proton mail for this show yes Uh, the morning show with ryan and taylor at protonmail.com proton mail is like an encrypted email service it's free up until a point uh i'm sure it's probably fine for regular usage Mm -hmm. um yeah open maps instead of google maps there are all uh, Signal instead of Messenger, you mm-hmm. know, all of these alternatives. But the problem is they're not funded by a giant uh, company that is funded by VCs because their value is in creating addictive technology, building a, a database of information on you. So they're, they are less less useful just because less people are on them and have less functionality because there's fewer people working on them and have less feature sets because of all of the above. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, here's the thing: you're trading in user experience for I don't know sanity, and probably yeah. and probably like some happiness, right? It's like okay, if I realize that like if basically if I just trade this shiny thing for a less shiny thing, I'm gonna hopefully yep. realize that the shiny I never needed the shiny thing in the first place. It was it was it was um uh a tyrannizing. It, it was it was taking care of my life and um yeah i'll just go cold turkey it's the there there are ways of maybe uh minimizing just your reliance on it yeah and i think you can minimize your reliance on it but i know that i'm not going to port all of my email stuff over to a proton mail account because it's going to take it's going to take a day no. and i'm going to change i'm going to miss emails and like uh, and Google is just a better search engine because it collects data on me, you know, and and these the reason that like it has to be government intervention is because it's unreasonable to expect the individual to overcome a multi-billion dollar industry. It's not mm-hmm. it's just not feasible for any one person. <sighs> intervention, uh, organized people, unions, etc. Right. It's also obvious. Why? Why doesn't everybody agree with me? <laughs> they clearly just haven't uh well that's the thing folks maybe you know do agree but then just choose to continue right kind of pulling it or yeah just putting it under the rug maybe it takes near i don't know umbrella corporation near like nefarious fictional uh corporation uh intervention to uh merit government intervention and, and just common sense i don't know but I think we're there. Like, mm-hmm. I really think we're at Amazon sponsoring uh, computer science degrees. So you get your... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to MIT, but it's called uh, Amazon MIT. 
and you got to learn your cloud functions from your Amazon world, and then you got your, oh, 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 and you subsidize your education now because uh, it's still going to be a $100,000 education, but Amazon's going to pay for it, but you have to... You have to work for Amazon, yes. you know, the same way. It's like the same thing with the military It's like, we'll pay for your education, but indentured servitude for two to four years. Mm -hmm. And like, why are we going back? Like, is this, this is the most obvious rescinding of rights and freedom and all these things from from what you call the right or the left. But everybody wants personal freedom and putting your eggs in the basket of a, of a for profit company is not freedom. Yeah, it's not. <sighs> It's not. Um, I'm thinking about the ways that we have couched our work as, you know, philanthropic, but in many ways are fettering people to a certain to a certain fate. Right. It's like, OK, you go through this charitable program that may put you through this uh, pipeline of, say, education and eventually employment. But you best believe that that employment it better be with us. Or rather, is yeah. is heavily leveraged to be in our favor, right? Yeah, and ugh, yeah, I, I don't mean want... that's what capitalism is. Yeah. It is about acquiring power mm, in a mm. vertical stack, which includes human beings mm -hmm. from as young as possible, to ensure that they get the education that the company needs, so that they can be a good worker for the company, not so that they can be a human being and exist and explore their own right. uh, individual freedoms. I know we agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels good to express it. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I thank you for sharing that. And I, that's, uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, sure, it maybe tells us all that we, we want to know, but I, I'm sure that, uh, what, is it Zuck? Zucked is the book, Zuck, yeah. Zucked. Uh, yeah. yeah. And this is not the last we'll, we will hear uh, from Mark Zuckerberg and his, you know, uh, evil surveillance empire i think what's interesting is that now uh very early on in my uh nonprofit career we've had to think of um, i've been thinking of not so much about facebook but about mark zuckerberg right the 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 person right and or rather you know him and priscilla chan so those chan zuckerberg initiative which uh can uh i don't know we'll see if they become like the Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right. where they are able to wield such, I mean, you know, such power uh, in yeah. changing the world and, and doing all these things that are supposedly for good, but also, uh, right. yeah, uh, are I mean, in Bill service. Gates is, mm -hmm. Bill Gates is the Zuckerberg of before, and mm -hmm. he got away with it because he got away with the monopoly of the PC industry mm -hmm. because of the ideas of reaganomics and and chicago style monopoly being allowed because mm -hmm. he was acquiring all of all of his competitors and and he was like you know the rule book says you can do whatever you want so the thing to do is to control everything yes. and all you need is money and as long as you're making money you can get more money and as long as you're making more money you can get investors who are going to give you more money i mean this is capitalism man that's what it is it's about control via capital and and Bill Gates get this weird pass because he does have this Melinda and Gil Bates Foundation, whatever, uh, you know, cure and malaria. Sure, good, good. Good thing to do is to cure malaria. A bad thing to do is to acquire so much money that you alone can cure malaria, right? Like, hello? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I get frustrated when people talk about Bill Gates like he's a saint um, when he's just 
I mean, he's the same as Zuckerberg. He's yeah, like, you know, and he's slimy a slimy businessman. Yeah, and he's a pro, you know, he's a product of this awful system, and he's not doing anything to actually reverse, right? That awful system. Um, yeah. Hmm. But also, Microsoft, if you're hiring and you want to sponsor me in Australia, you know, I could talk it out, man. Oh, we'll be <laughs> <laughs> because that's how much freedom you have is you have to kowtow to these people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have another topic. Hit me. I just looked at the notes. So I just read that book, Zucked, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that I consume... That's like a consumption of... Uh, direct consumption of media. And I know that I meta-consume media, which is like... We've talked about this before. YouTube videos about video games is like... The meta-consumption of media that I, I do a lot. And I'm trying to reflect on that as... Why... Is it the bite-sized popcorn shrimp flavor of, like, getting the information about a video game that I'm probably interested in but won't play because time, money, etc., and getting that dosage, that dopamine hit of, like, oh, a cool video game that I find interesting and believe in as a product and want to play and want to experience but not putting the effort into actually doing that. How do I combat that? Um, what... Yeah, I'm trying to directly consume media, and and part of that was reading the book Zucked. I'm now reading the book The War of the Worlds, um, you know the one that the H.G. Uh, Wells. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, oh, like yeah, where? Um... I'm reading the H.G. Wells book. Okay, yeah. okay, so primary, yeah. primary, primary resource, but primary, yeah, primary sources. Um, but the H.G. Wells book being the inspiration for uh, the radio broadcast, which is like what I know the War of the Worlds to be. You know, I knew there was a book involved, mm-hmm. but I when I when I think about the War of the Worlds, I think about this radio broadcast that like actually freaked people out, and that being maybe not a meta consumption because it became its own thing. Yeah, I mean it's adaptation, right? And uh, yeah. you know, adaptations are inspiration are, and influence. Yeah, yeah, and and they're allowed to. I mean, that's the thing is that there are some that just yeah create their own kind of mythos, and so I think that's like that's okay. I think what you're what you're talking about is like, well, I'm 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 vying for something that is kind of already curated for me, and is doing yeah, yeah and and is doing a kind of like that labor for you of I guess emotional labor for you because now it, it almost tells you what to think or how to. Had yes. Na- yeah. yeah. And uh, we do this so much in our news that, of course, we're we're gonna do it through our our leisure. And I think that's uh, I think that's part of the appeal of it. We we don't we watch reactions to things now, which is yeah bizarre. As if and uh, there may I think there is actually some psychological um research about at least when it comes to like emotions, where it's like oh if I see somebody that's like happy, like it's it's like I'm happy or like I'm reflecting that. And so I don't know to what extent like that holds water i'm sure folks have uh you know have have had uh counter arguments for that but yeah it's uh it's safer that way than to just plunge into something cold uh but it's uh but i don't know plunging into something cold is is a more traditional to an extent uh experience and doesn't and it if i don't know it's vulnerable but is it a more authentic experience absolutely yeah i think so um okay i mean it's the can i I use okay the example of the reaction video i think is a great one Mm -hmm. um i watch reaction videos of let's say a drum teacher reacting to a drummer playing a drum solo okay a drum solo being something that i'm maybe not the most equipped to read let's say Mm -hmm. so like getting a drum teacher to like 
pause every five seconds and be like, oh, that's so cool because means da 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 and he's quoting sha da da from the earlier segment or whatever. So I think there is like this spark notes of uh of reaction videos that I think I want to say is valuable still. Um in a way that I wouldn't be able to I'm using drum videos as an example because it is hard for me to listen to a drum solo and and you know read it correctly not correctly but hard just to comprehend what's going on a lot of the times mm -hmm. so our is there a case for uh authentic consumption of, re of reaction videos i i guess if it's within moderation or if it's or if it if i guess if it if here's the thing like that that is that that really augments that really embellishes the experience right you have you already have a baseline knowledge of how to I don't know. Yeah, go through a drum solo. How to interpret a drum solo. And this is maybe just somebody else's interpretation of it, right? Yeah. Um, and it is, what do they say, augmenting the original work or or what, what whatever that copyright term is, is like, very you know, the difference between copying and uh, influences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Transformative work. That's, yeah. that's the term. Is it a transformative work? Right. And I think in that case, if you have a drum teacher breaking things down in a drum solo, that's transformative because you're you're explaining musical principles, you know, in maybe a teaching way. Yeah. Um, but obviously you could not do that in a reaction video and just like make funny faces and get millions of views. And that seems to work, right? Or rather that's yeah. like, that seems to sell uh, more yeah. clicks. And uh, I don't know, uh, do you, have you, do you follow Donkey? Is it Video Game Donkey? I love Video right? Game Donkey. And, and he just released like yeah. a video that was just like, you know what? Uh, these competitors like Markiplier, they just like put on a screen cap of them with their, you know, baz you know, bazinga eyes looking at something and it's like three hours long and it gets kajillion views, but it obviously hits that lowest common denominator, very low hanging fruit of, um, kind of banal, uh, storytelling and, uh, and content creation and, yeah, it's uh it's junk, right? And yeah. But it um it's... also sustains one's ability to to kind of be a content creator on those types of platforms. That's that's the, yeah, I mean, you know, you yeah, Google, right? It it incentivizes folks to just create more and more and more uh yeah. while, you know, and and decreasing the quality of it. So I don't I don't know. It's uh but uh I mean that, that I think that when you're when you're consuming things like that then uh that's the thing it's it, there is no moderation attached to it there is it's there it's just quantity right like yeah. that's why I stopped like giving you know giving lip service to like the try guys because they always have something you know it's and it's also they're beginning to sort of monopolize in terms of content too right like I don't want to listen to a podcast and you know see this the end they now have a movie and also I think I'm just getting old where there's yeah. just yeah so i don't know that that's it's another ramble that's but yeah it's like well youtube is such an interesting beast because it's it's a monopoly again mm -hmm. it is another example of a tech monopoly mm -hmm. uh but youtubers hate youtube like yeah. this is what the donkey video is about this mm -hmm. is about like people if you're a youtuber you have to either you have to a make quality content like no matter what to get anywhere right. you have to reach some production 
value level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like to really be a big YouTuber like Markiplier and PewDiePie, uh, and those are gaming YouTubers, like you have to game the system and you have to have like a, a staff of people who are yeah. constantly editing and putting things out. And you're, I mean, it is running a business in the most traditional sense where you're outsourcing yeah. work and you're like, well, what is yeah. the minimum input? Well, I'll make a reaction video for the maximum output and mm-hmm. it's going to be three hours long and we're going to maximize that view time. And the maximizing the view time means we're going to get the front page. Getting the front page means we're going to get mm-hmm. uh, X number of viewers. X number of viewers means we're going to get X number of dollars. X number of dollars means we're going to hire X number of uh, editors. X number of editors means we can put out twice as many videos, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> and YouTubers hate it. Like, uh, Dunkey... Uh, a big YouTuber, but a guy who is just one guy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whose output is, I think, legendary. Uh, not yes. in terms of quantity, but just in in terms of just uh, just depth, right? And he's and... just like the Shakespeare of YouTubers. Like we're gonna think about Dunkey the way that I think we think about maybe not Shakespeare, but the way that we think about the Ramones. Let's say you know. <laughs> is 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 yeah a punk figure right in in the midst of all of this kind of tragic tech enterprise uh so and yeah who i can still assign uh a sense of authority you know uh, authority and authenticity and authenticity to Mm -hmm. uh based on just their irreverent humor and of course there's this gag video that comes out immediately after announcing yeah. like okay well i i don't i think i need to to pivot and it's like a 20 second video of of really just stock character uh lines right it's it's just feeding into like okay now we're going to guess the gamer and yeah. uh and uh it's awful it's awful mercifully short but uh did well to kind of like yeah, kind of underscore the seriousness of like, yeah, this is uh, this sort of stuff sells and it's uh, pervasive. It's a it's a good gag. It's like it's a great prank. Mm-hmm. I fell for it, right? Uh, I saw it it, yeah. it, it. it hit all of the synapses where I was like, oh yeah, that looks like something that I would click because it has. And it was the... a prank mm-hmm. on YouTube. You know, it was mm-hmm. like I'm gonna I'm gonna start making bad content because it. Because that's what it's about. It's about churning out numbers. And the joke is that there's a new video. It's not... The joke... There's a joke in the video, but the real joke is that another YouTube video went up, right? And that it didn't matter and that it's dumb and contentless. And the joke is on the system. (laughs) I'm I'm maybe reading too much into Dunkey's anarchy, but he's subverting YouTube, you know? I think he knows he's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch that make so much like uh just just garner all the views right and 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 oh gosh it would prove his point it's gonna get a lot of views but the it's 40 seconds long which means it's not gonna have a high view time which means advertising is gonna be less for it which means it's mm-hmm. not gonna make a lot of money right because that's the the algorithm model mm-hmm. right now and it changes all the time which is why youtubers are meh about it not meh they're upset yeah tangent yeah. Uh, as a, as a side as a side note, a couple of my favorite YouTubers, um, Jacob Geller, uh, Super Bunny Hop, uh-huh. Twelve Tone, Adam Neely, uh-huh. uh, they have jumped onto this boat called Curiosity Stream or Nebula, and so this is like uh, a competitor to YouTube for 
YouTubers making, I don't know, deep, deeper content than your average uh, YouTuber. Okay. Like, usually analysis, some education, and the things that I'm looking at are music and, and gaming essays, basically, video essays. So I, I now subscribe to Curiosity Stream and Nebula, and I'm not entirely sure that which one is which, and it is bad mm. branding and marketing on their part. And if you're listening, uh, Standard TV, uh, you can hire me. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll work for you. Um, yeah, but it's weird that I would. I am now paying money for a thing that I got for free. And look, I watch YouTube on uh, the Brave browser, and Brave automatically blocks your ads. So I was never. <laughs> I, I was a Patreon of some of these people already, so I was already giving money. But <laughs> I'm paying money to not watch it on YouTube, which is crazy, right? I'm giving my money away to have a competitor just be there, really. Yeah. And to pay and to pay the content creators. Uh, a compensated salary assuming that happens in curiosity stream uh, yeah isn't ah oh gosh what times we live in where you, i mean you in order to and, and 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 it's just but it's and it's i mean that's just duplicating um what everybody else is doing right is just creating all of these separate networks where you don't have to act like where you pay a fee where you don't have to access all of that uh all those ads and all those you know but um but I think to your point, like it's it's about purposely finding this different platform so that it does, you know, it sticks it to the evil tech giant, and um, yeah, I mean, you it know, supports how, the creators directly right. and like creates competition and just yeah, divorces itself from a toxic ecosystem. Yeah, I, to uh, and maybe uh, illuminate this for me because uh, is there any uh ability for say a site like patreon to actually host the content that the folks yeah. are, you know and uh, and it to function as a a counter model to uh the ways that that, that folks consume it on like say youtube totally yeah so patreon can do that uh this is what curiosity stream is they're hosting the content and they're curating the content mm. which then changes their role again this goes back to the facebook conversation now that they're curating it they are a media company youtube is not a media company so it does not have to be regulated by the fcc those are the current rules those rules should change right um but yeah obviously we can just make a youtube video and put it up but we can't do that with curiosity stream so there is this there is a barrier to entry from a content creator perspective that hopefully results in a higher uh, quality for the consumer that mm -hmm. you are then paying for. Yeah. Hmm. And Patreon can do that. Yeah, Patreon. Uh, anybody can host their own video now. YouTube did it first and did it really well. Not Maybe not first, but, you know, as far as a accessible consumer and platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to do a little bit more research on this, and and, and honestly, I, I, I'm not that person who does. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a patron of a Patreon. Although uh, the longer I I consume like content that really you know is is uh, near and dear to to what I you know my heart and and uh, values and things that I actually want to yeah. you know uh, yeah put a dollar to yeah. Uh, I mean, you really see that pay off too, right? And I, that's that's the thing is, uh, it's great, and uh, it's also in service of, and uh, for better or worse, that's that's kind of like part of the model is like you know exclusivity, right? It's like being a Patreon, being on Patreon gets you all of these perks that uh, is pretty neat. Yeah, 
when you're talking about like paying for content that you use, I just this morning was looking at Wikipedia and they're doing that thing where they ask yep. for two two dollars two seventy five yeah two seventy five like it, it would be good. Bits. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it later today. Uh, and I, I'll do like 10 bucks or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, Wiki- Wikipedia is cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll pay for it. Yeah. And it's just so, uh, I mean, it's like it's ubiquitous with with uh, with searching and and not and, and, uh, and knowledge. So and I, I hadn't really thought about it until they put out those very desperate very you know in your face ads where it's like oh yeah this yeah. is like this this is uh this is a non-profit like yeah. this like, they, like these are folks that are just yeah that, that's the reason why it's um it's out there for anybody to edit and uh and so easily accessible is because it's uh and it is those ads are really intrusive and annoying and mm-hmm. i don't like them but for like wikipedia like i make a mental excuse like mm-hmm. i'm like no, this is important. Like, this is a public good. It should be supported by everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'd go so far as to say, like, maybe we should tax people, and then then we never have to like, see that pop up. And, I don't know. But then then it gets back to control about information, which mm-hmm. gets yeah, it gets yeah. nutty pretty quickly. Um, if it weren't for w- Wikipedia, I would not have gotten through high school, maybe even college. I think that might be the show. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for chatting, Taylor. It means a lot. Yeah, thanks for chatting, Ryan. <gasps> Bye. Bye.